Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt. I'm a functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude in over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs, and I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a 12-month practitioner mentorship where I help other nutrition pros level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what the show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I'd love for you to subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. Hello, my friends. Before we tuck into today's show, I want to announce a new old sponsor, Old, because I've been collabing with this local company and using their products for quite a few years now. And if you've been with the show for a minute, you've heard me discuss them. They're new because they're now officially on the Functional Nutrition Podcast team roster, which means that they financially support the show so the show can continue to happen. Yay. As you probably know, I am committed to delivering free cost to consumer, high quality information, but just because it comes as no cost to you does not mean that it's free. So the show on average takes me about eight hours to produce each week. Yeah, that long, a full work day every week. And then from there, it takes even more hours to get quality show notes, timestamps, all that jazz. And right now, if you're listening to this and you're like, snooze, blah, 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 keep it moving, lady. Don't bore us. Get to the chorus. I actually encourage you to stop for a sec. In this consume her culture, we become like hungry ghosts. We expect it. We demand it. We gobble it up, but we're never satisfied. We're consuming and consuming and consuming, trying to fill ourselves up, but really never feeling satiated. And what I suggest to you, dear listener, if you are somebody who's like, I don't want to hear this stuff, skip, 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 get to the goods. Pause for a second. Be intentional with your consumption. That applies to anything you consume, consuming information in your ears or your eyes, purchasing products, consuming food, and have some sense of respect and appreciation for the energy that goes into the production of the thing that you are consuming. And with that said, thank you to Coyote River Hemp Company. (laughs) If you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen I was trying to announce them. I was trying to, somebody had been like, hey, what are your thoughts on CBD? And I'm like, hey, I got a lot of thoughts on CBD. Let me shout out this company that I've been using for years. And I kept referring to them as Coyote River Ugly. And I like, (laughs) even now it's hard for me not to say that. And I am just like, how obsessed am I with pop culture of the early aughts that I like cannot get Coyote ugly out of my head. It is like there to stay as a permanent fixture, you know, 21 years ago. It's probably time to let it go. Anyway, Coyote River Hemp Company, 
was started by native New Englander Ryan Bedard, who is, in my estimation, kind of a serial entrepreneur. He has started multiple companies, and I just think that that's, I can certainly relate to that. Um, But if you're local and you've ever seen Mr. Fox, that was... um, really Ryan's gig. He's known throughout our community for pioneering one of the first commercial and residential curbside compost businesses in this country, which is very, very cool. But Coyote River Hemp Co. has been his bag since 2017. And so they produce a lot of hemp products coming out with more. So stay tuned. I'll be introducing some different products uh, soon. The one that I personally use most consistently is their 1000 milligram mint tincture. And I use that as a way to manage um, anxiety, if that's flaring up, uh, but also as a way to manage any pain or inflammation in my body, especially as it's associated with autoimmunity. If I'm going through any type of flare, if I tend to get stressed out, my body kind of speaks to me and I have found CBD as a really wonderful way to navigate those, um, those pain flares, uh, those stress pockets. And so we want to extend a discount to all of you, 10% off using the code FUNK10 at coyoteriverhempco.com. And of course, that will all be linked up in the show notes. Now, today, I'm sharing with you something that I shared in Your Hormone Revival, our latest group. And it was very interesting the way that it came through me because it was, this was when I was in Florida. And I, I, it was a client day and I was in a weird funk. Um, and I was like, I got to get myself out of my funk. So I, um, kind of just sat with myself for a little bit and I, all of a sudden I was like, I really need, I really feel compelled to do a live stream video in the, your hormone revival group. Um, and it was interesting timing cause I only had 20 minutes before my client call, but I went, I wasn't even sure t- exactly what I was going to say. And so I just kind of started riffing. Um, and to be honest, I was, I was shocked by how well received it was. It was by far the most engaged with post of the entire four months that the Facebook group was set up, like by a lot, by a landslide. And it was actually requested to me that it was made into a separate recording so folks could continue to listen to it over and over again, even after the group was closed down. So I was happy to do that. And and I, I pulled the audio, but I also thought, well, hey, if this was so helpful for folks in the group, then maybe it could be helpful for others as well. Um, and so that's what I'm going to share with you today. Now, why am I nervous to share this? Um, I think the main reason is that I'm using myself as an example to drive home a point and I, in, in this recording that you're going to hear, and I always get a little squirrely when, when that I do that, because honestly, I'm so worried that people are going to think that I'm talking about myself too much. And this has been sort of an omnipresent fear of mine. And quite frankly, I thought it was a me thing. But just yesterday, very interesting timing, just yesterday I was talking to a friend who mentioned that she wanted to share something of herself. Uh, she she has, um, no, I don't need to get into the particulars. She wanted to share something of herself um, on social media, but she said she was worried about sounding too narcissistic. And I had this holy crap moment because 
this is the same fear that I have, right? I was like, whoa, you feel that too? The fear is that if I just talk a little too much, just a little too much about myself, then people are going to think that I'm a narcissist. And so in having this discussion with my friend randomly, I, I began to like pull on this thread and realize that this is not a me thing. This is a collective belief that many of us are holding onto. We, we've all bought into the storyline that if we talk about our lived experience, then somehow we're a little too much, a little too self-centered, a little too conceited, a little too full of ourselves. So is it any shock that women continue to stay silent? I recently heard the term uh, tall poppy syndrome had never heard it before. And so there's this, this expectation that poppies, the flowers should all grow together. So if you think about the Wizard of Oz, you know, the poppy field that Dorothy lays down in, they're all pretty much the same height. And if one poppy grows too tall, it has to be cut down to size. But when I heard this term, it wasn't referring to flowers. It was referring to women. When we see a woman grow a little too tall, We love to bring them down a peg, cut them down to size. And so maybe this is why we're afraid to tell our stories. By seeing a woman who appears confident or who is loving herself publicly or seeing her be successful or seeing her share her story, maybe speak a little bit too much, it's somehow takes away from us. This is the storyline. This is the narrative. This is the belief that we've all bought into. If she's doing well, that means I can't be. If she's thriving, that somehow means she's taking something away from me. It means that you're less than. By her doing well, it means that you're less than. There's less success for you to be had. Now, when you break it down and spell it out like that, you can see how preposterous that idea is. That's not true right? There's not a finite amount of love in the world. There's not a finite amount of success to be had. There's not a finite amount of confidence for people to have. And yet it's this creed that we all seem to live by. Now in my line of work, I see this narrative echoed throughout healthcare. I have referred to it as the medical gaslighting of the American woman. And I'm sure this happens in other countries. I just happen to live in America, so it's where I see it. And um, I, to explain what what I'm I what I mean by this, um, I'm going to use a quote. I actually wrote it wrote it down. Uh, this happened, I don't know, sometime this past year on social media, where I was sharing my lived experience, and. A, a, a medical student said, I'm sorry that happened to you, but anecdotal evidence isn't evidence, right? We hear that so much, which tells us, hey, your experience isn't real. And not only is it not real, it doesn't matter. So if I'm being told that my experience isn't real and it doesn't matter, and that storyline is kind of echoed in multiple places, then why would I choose to share my story with anyone? I wouldn't, right? I wouldn't. Um, The truth though, the truth is your story actually does matter. Your experience is real. It is valid. And by you sharing that experience, 
by singing your song, so to speak, you can help someone else. And that's actually something that I'm realizing I want to do more on the podcast here is share stories of people succeeding and having us understand that by somebody else having success, it doesn't mean that there's less success for us to to have. In fact, the exact opposite is true. We've all heard the story of the four minute mile. And actually, if you haven't, if you haven't, it's a really pretty bitchin' story. 1954, Roger Bannister was the first athlete to run a mile in under four minutes, you know, on record. Uh, Before that, it had not been done on record. So before that, nobody believed it was physically possible. And so 1954, he ran it. He broke it. He broke the four-minute mile. Two months later, two other runners broke the four-minute barrier. Since then, it's been broken, you know, well over a thousand times and is now the standard for um, distance runners, um, from my understanding. So what was before impossible to humans is now the standard. When we see someone else doing something, we learn that it's available to us. Something in our mind changes. We change our belief about the thing. And so what I want to do for you with this show is to teach you that healing is available to you. And to teach you that, I can't just tell you, I have to show you. So I want to showcase examples of this happening. So when you are in a low point, you have something to listen to. You can pull something out, pop it into your ear and remind yourself that this is not your forever. This low point is not your forever and that healing is available to you, to you. Yes, you, even you. What's so um, fascinating to me, I got a new card deck recently. And the funniest thing is I keep pulling the same card. I mean, there's probably like 50 cards in the deck and the same one keeps coming out. And the, the, uh, the message is essentially share your song. <laughs> and honestly, I don't know if it's just this song that I need to share. I feel like I'm writing a whole album right now. <laughs> I'm birthing a new body of work. I'm personally extremely excited about what's to come, but I'm also giving myself a lot of time to do this. Um, but you're going to be hearing more about that and hearing more examples of that. And I think this is really important that you hear this. And I, I consider personally consider healing kind of like my wedding song, which is talking heads. This must be the place feet on the ground, head in the sky. We can even take it as far as to go. It's okay. I know that nothing's wrong. (laughs) It's a good mantra to have. But feet on the ground, head in the sky. Listen, we have to do the practical things to care for ourselves and to care for our bodies. That's the feet on the ground part, right? All the things that I've talked about on the show here, eating good food, reducing chemical exposure, all the things that I do in my practice, right? All of that super matters, super much matters. But we also must recognize that our beings extend beyond just the physical body. And we must care not just for the body, but also the mind and the soul. 
So what I'm trying to tell you is that there's more to healing than just the physical matter. And I feel like this is the rate limiting step. Without this piece turned on, people stay stuck. They say sick. The truth is our head does have to be a little bit in the sky too. So today I'm going to share with you the recording that maybe addresses this a little bit. I'm going to share principles and practices that have been wildly helpful for me from a physical body standpoint, um, you know, an emotional, mental, and soul standpoint as well. And I, I really do hope that it resonates with you. As one of my sheroes, Candace Pert, wrote in one of her books, I hope for your sake, as I always hope for the members of my audiences, that some part of the information presented here will make a difference in your life. So that is my hope. That is my intent with this episode and every episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast, that you get something out of this and that something benefits you in some way. Now, before I hit play, I do have one quick announcement to make, and I know this is going to excite a lot of you. The Organifi Harmony Powder is officially back in stock. They were out of stock for a couple of months, and I know that some of you were bummed, uh, but it's back in stock. So the Harmony Powder is, it has maca, it has chase tree, also known as Vitex. Um, It has different mineral-rich and hormone-supportive herbs, and it's all wrapped up in this chocolatey, cinnamony powder. It's very, it's very, very tasty. I like it as a hot drink, but you also know that I love to throw my Organifi powders into smoothies as well. Um, So use code FUNK. It will save you 20% off. Head to Organifi.com, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, and um, you can start to support your hormones with a tasty chocolate beverage. Hello, friends. Let's see if we can do this video without any ruckusing or noise. Today is a client day for me, so I do have to hop off to try to do this in 20 minutes or less. I think I can do it. Um, Something specific I want to chat about today. Last night, uh, so one of my good friends is starting a coaching program, mindset coaching. And so I shared on Instagram in my stories um, about, hey, Jenny, about how the concepts, the principles of manifestation have helped my health. And I felt like it was like, I was like, it was a little bit of like coming out of the closet about this <laughs> because people don't like, I think people get really like weird about the concept of manifestation, um, and using the law of attraction principles back in the day, I think it was in high school. So it must've been like, I don't know, 15 years ago or so. Uh, The Secret, the book The Secret came out and like Oprah was all about it. So like got a lot of publicity, a lot of press. And I think anything that gets publicity and press, like, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff that can happen. But anyway, this idea of law of attraction, um, I was really surprised by how many people responded to that story and was like, I want to, I want to learn more about this. And I don't quite think I'm ready to talk about this publicly yet. I still have to like formulate, I don't know, my own thoughts around it. Uh, but I thought it could be something to share here because, um, we're, I've already done some of this stuff with you. Um, the one thing that I want to start out by saying is this idea 
that we cannot heal in the same environment in which we got sick. And that's true for anything. That's true if we're trying to heal anxiety or our hormones or whatever it might be. Um, physical healing, mental healing, emotional healing, all of it. That is why this program is a three-month process. And that is why we talk in the very beginning about like, hey, take a look at your life, what's going on. I understand that's really challenging. And I also understand that a lot of people go through that this program and they don't do it and they don't do the meditations and they don't do the nervous system down regulation and hey it's your prerogative this is your life i'm not here to tell you what to do i'm just here to share tools and then you get to decide what you do with those tools uh but so many people really anchor into the testing and the protocols and once aaron gets me that protocol everything's going to be great and i keep trying to reinforce this message that like the protocols are awesome the labs are awesome, right? The practical stuff really helps the physical body. And also as a standalone, it doesn't really do much. So like we have to take radical responsibility for changing our environment. Because if we're in this, if, if, if we are in this environment, if that's where all the, the dysfunction comes from, like the environment has to change. And that's a process, right? That's a, that's a slow burn. That's a process. Um, one of the ways that I have changed my environment is through the concepts of manifestation. And um, I will admit to you, which is embarrassing to admit, I will admit that things have to get really bad and kind of scary <laughs> before I'm like, oh yeah, let's use these tools. Um, so I had a really significant health scare about a year and a half ago. Um, but I will also share that when I came down to Florida, I was dealing with a little bit of like wonky symptoms and obviously this is super private. Um, but I schedule an appointment with my rheumatologist and I meet with him like about once a year and he's wonderful. He kind of like talks me off of a ledge when the health anxiety starts to spiral. For those of you who don't know, I feel like a lot of people know this, but maybe they don't. Um, about five or six years ago, I was diagnosed with systemic sclerosis, also known as scleroderma. This is a disease that can be fatal. It can shut down your heart, your lungs, and your kidneys. It can also make your skin harden. So if you ever Google scleroderma, you'll see the physical manifestations of the disease. Raynaud's is part of this. I, I feel very uncomfortable. A lot of people ask me about Raynaud's. It's actually really uncomfortable for me. Um, it's this unearned intimacy. People follow me on social media and they think they can ask me anything about anything. It's very bizarre. Um, but this, that's all part of it. Um, in the, and the Raynaud's was re has been really, really bad. I've been getting like eight, nine, 10 attacks a day. Um, and so I wanted to touch base with him and talk about it. And he said something and he misspoke. Um, he said something about disease progression and I spiraled. I spiraled. Then he was like, wait a second. No, no, no. That's, I'm, he's like, this is actually a really good sign. He's like, never mind. He just had some misinformation and he misspoke. But once that seed is planted in my head, I am like a runaway train. And so I freaked out the first week I was here. I was like really freaking, freaking out. And so I was like, okay, got to go back to my tools and went back to this, this manifestation law of attraction thing. And, um, and within a few days I was like, right as rain, right back to normal. It works. It really, truly works. I think you have to believe in it in order for it to work, but it, it really works. 
and um, I still have the rain outs, but you know, that's, that's going to be a slow burn. That is something that I have to work a little harder at. Um, but a couple of things here. What manifestation is? Everything's energy, right? So this isn't like woo-woo. This is science. This is quantum physics. Everything is energy. Everything's energy. And if we can match the energy of the thing that we want, we can attract it. That's essentially what the law of attraction is saying. If you can match the energetic frequency of the thing that you want, everything exists as potential in the quantum field. I know this is far out. I know this is really far out. It's like watching back to the future. Um, but it's real. It's also real. So it's like we are, our, our scope of understanding is like this and for as humans, right? And like the reality is like all of this. So it's, it's really hard to wrap your brain around. And I think it's easier to be like, that's not real. Because when we start to think that it's real, it's like our brains explode. It's like when you start to think, I remember when I was little and I start, I like tried to think about like where the universe ends, I felt like my head was going to explode. It's like that kind of thing, right? Um, so as it relates to health or healing hormones or healing skin manifestations or whatever it is, as it relates to health, we have to match the vibration of being healthy. So for me, that is putting a disease in remission. My illness is 100% in remission. I have to match. I'm responsible for matching that vibration. And people get pissed when you start to talk about this, which is why I don't talk about this publicly because they're like, so you're saying that I manifested this disease. You're saying that this is my fault. That is not what we're saying. What we're saying, what, what this is, illness is unprocessed experiences manifested in our body. What our body does, and it is perhaps the most beautiful idea in the entire world. If we go through a hard thing, trauma, right? We, I think trauma is like a big buzzword. There's the big T, there's the little T. Big T are the, is the trauma that we tend to think of, like the overt abuse, really bad things happening, but we all have experienced little T's. You cannot be a human and get through life without experiencing little traumas. And trauma just means you had an experience that you didn't have the resources to deal with. It was too much, too fast, too soon, without resources. It could be as simple as a sibling making a, like a fat joke to you. It could be as simple as like some kid on the playground making a comment to you or a teacher saying something to you. It could be really basic, but when it lands with us, we don't have the emotional capacity or the mental understanding. We don't have the resources to do something with that. And so what the body does, what the body does is it steps up to the plate and says, hey, and this is for little traumas and big traumas. The body says, I understand that you don't have the tools to process this. I'm going to take this on. I'm going to take this on for you so you can survive this thing. And if that isn't the most beautiful thing in the world, I don't know what is. And just one of those, oh, I love this body so much. And so we do have emotional experiences that hang out in the body. Hard stop. That is not like a woo-woo out there thing. That's real. Science is backing that up. A lot of us hold trauma in the pelvic bowl. Uh, that's why a lot of women have tight pelvic floor muscles. 
like we hold on to emotional experiences there, our immune system, our nervous system. Why do you think autoimmunity is off the charts, right? Like our bodies are processing so much and it's all energy. And if it's the, it's the energetic environment that got us here physically, it's the energetic environment that's going to get us out. And so we have to think about what do we actually want? What is our goal? So again, for me to use myself as an example with health, it is that my, my illness is 100% in remission. It is I have energy every day. It is my body feels safe. These are the things that I'm thinking and then the next step is what would it feel like if this were true? If my illness was 100% in remission, what would it feel like in my body? What would it feel like emotionally? What would I be doing? What would I be saying? How would I be living? And these are the meditations that I sit with and I feel those physical feelings. Sometimes I do walking meditations. If like people saw me, they would be like, what is this chick on? Because I'm just like walking and I'm smiling and I am like, I love this body. My body feels so good right now. I feel so safe. I feel so supported. And I just go on these like riffs and these rants and I feel the fucking feelings. And then it comes to me. And I wish that I could say it was more complex than that. It's not. It's really, really basic. So the reason that I put these meditations into this program is I'm hoping that you'll actually utilize them and you'll actually say, hey, I've given away my power a lot of places, right? I've given away my, po uh, my power by, I've outsourced my power by saying somebody else has to heal me. Somebody else has to fix me. And in reality, it ain't nobody's responsibility but your own. That is not a hard, scary thing. That's fucking powerful. That is major. That's saying like, I can handle this. Like I can do this. That to me is like the best feeling in the world is knowing that I have the power to change my situation. I have the power to change my environment, external and internal. It starts from within. I was going to bed thinking about this idea that like, remember the screen movies back in the day? Again, it's like another high school reference. The screen movies, they were so, I hate scary anything. I hated those freaking movies. I couldn't even see the mask without freaking out. But it's like the calls coming from inside the house, the killers inside the house, same deal. You got physical manifestations, it's coming from inside the house. It's coming from within. And there are certain people that will rise to that and there are certain people that will be crippled by that. And I am trying to like send you all the power to be the person to rise to that occasion. And it, it doesn't have to be really complex. It can be, it can be as simple as understanding what you want. How do you want to feel? And then feeling, teaching your body emotionally what it feels like. That's why we practice that elevated emotion so much. That's how you map, you rise, you raise your frequency and you are like a beam. You're like a beacon for all of that good stuff to come to you. We have, it is our birthright to feel good. It is our birthright to be healthy. It is our birthright to be happy. If we can just stand here and receive that, we good. 
we get in our own ways by our little traumas, by our limiting beliefs. When we go through a little trauma, we go through a hard thing, we form a belief around that. My core belief, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. Every time somebody steps over a boundary, every time somebody sends me a DM when I say, please don't DM me, or an email when I say, hey, you can't email me, it says, I'm not doing enough. It triggers that. It triggers that over and over and over again, right? We all have our own beliefs based on experiences that we've gone through. And these beliefs form our action, like they, they, they form our thoughts and they, our thoughts inform our actions. Our actions inform our behavior. The, the behavior that we do day in and day out creates our personality and it creates the body and it creates our entire experience. And that's just facts, baby. So we have to unpack that, right? And I think it can be as simple as saying like, how do I wanna feel? Take ownership for that. How do you wanna feel? And then feel that way, feel those feelings. If you're riddled with anxiety, like so many people are, right? Myself included. How, what would it feel like to not have that anxiety? What would it feel like to not have the limiting belief be true? If my limiting belief is I am not good enough, I am never doing enough, what would it feel like if that wasn't true? Because that is just one possibility for truth. There are so many possibilities out in the quantum field. So many. Why am I choosing the one that feels bad? Because I'm addicted to it. Because it's, it's what's been going on in my head this whole time. So anyway, I know this is a lot. But I didn't want to skate out of this program without at least talking about it. I feel like this is like a sort of a secret that I've been sitting on. Um, it's the most powerful thing. I don't just use it for my health. I use it for my relationships. I use it in business. I use it everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. It is, what do I want? What would it feel like to have those things? What's the big, scary stuff in my life? What are the core beliefs? What would it feel like if those weren't true? And then just sit and soak in that feeling for like as long as you can. It changes everything. It's a game changer. Jess, Jess is a live session and a therapy bonus. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Um, all right. I got to bounce to see some clients, but I hope that if it landed with one person, I feel stoked for that. Um, okay. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you got something from today's show, don't forget, subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.